God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. We're going to give a couple of people time to come in. Amen. Well, I want to talk about what nobody in church told you. There's some things relative that we're going to talk about a couple of mornings here, but I want to give people time to come in because they're, they're critical that we understand. So I'm going to wait a moment. Man, my battery is low, so we're going to try to go as long as possible. Um, there, there, there are some things that are relevant to the body of Christ that most people don't know. And what I want to do for the next couple of days, I want to share with you the Bible um, in its completeness from a perspective or a doctrinal teaching about the purpose. What is the purpose of the Word of God? I mean, the purpose of the Word of God is not a lot of things that we go to church and not a lot of things that we do. But what I want to do, I want to share with you some validity of things that are critical. Because if you ask the most preacher, the, the average preacher, the average person who goes to church, there's simplistic things that they can't tell you um, about the purpose of church in itself. So check this out. If you ask the regular uh, preacher or anyone who goes to church and ask them why I must attend, attend church, most of them can't tell you. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to present something to you in the next five minutes that will blow you off the water, that will change your life, and that will give you information to support you in ministry and what you're teaching. First of all, why the Bible? Why do we go to church? What's the purpose of it? There's several things that I teach. They're called the five W's. All right. And they're, they're critical that you understand the five W's. If most people who don't go to church who go to church and don't understand the five W's, yet they're preaching every Sunday, they're running around every Sunday, they're lost. Let me tell you why. We need to understand who, what, when, where, why, and how. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to give it to you in a couple of minutes today, and it's critical. Share this video with everybody. First of all, why the Bible? We know that Adam fell from grace, and some people say, well, grace, why? Because in the beginning, there was not death. So the Bible says, um, the day you eat, you should surely die. So there was no death, right? So then what happened? God says Adam was in a place that he, he, he made him in a place or position of paradise. So if you read Revelations 20, 22, 1 through 5, it says that God is going to establish that place of paradise once again one day for you and I, right? So we're going to live there. So how do we get there? First of all, there's a promise made in Genesis. I'm going to take you through five minutes of the Bible. And it's going to open up your mind. It's going to change you, your perspective of how you see Christ. All right. So in Genesis 3:15, God said, and He declared that there's going to be a war between the seed of the, uh, the seed of the devil and the seed of the woman. We all know that we've been through it. We 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 understand that. But that seed and that war has to start somewhere, and it starts with Abraham in Genesis the 12th chapter. Abraham becomes the first seed seed carrier of faith. All right. So then after Abraham becomes the first seed, seed carrier of faith, now we must see the seed in the active movement and working. So then where's the next place we see the prom prophetic promise? From Genesis 12 to Genesis 49, we see God dealing with Jacob, Isaac, Ishmael, uh, all those individuals. But those characters have no, no place in God's plan of redemption. They're just used there to get us to Jesus. So if we go to Genesis 49 and 10. It's critical that we understand that God changes um, Jacob's name to Israel. I'm almost done. He changes Jacob, Jacob's name to Israel. Israel has 12 sons, right? So Jacob says to his sons in the 49th chapter of um, Genesis, he said that the scepter will not depart from Judah. So here, so listen to this. The promised seed, remember the war going on, but the promised seed will come through the tribe of the loins of Judah. All right, so now we got that. So then what's critical that we must look at Understanding that now, it said the scepter. A scepter is used 
for authority or rulership shall not depart from Judah. So understand that that's critical. Here's a promise made by God that the scepter will never leave Judah. It won't go away. Watch this. Neither a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh comes and till there be a gathering of the people. Well, what, what lawgiver? The law was given to Moses. The first five books of the Bible are called the Pentateuch or the Torah. Those are the things that God gave us physically until Jesus came. If you read the book, I'm almost done. If you read the book of Hebrews, the 10th chapter, Jesus says this. He said those things that were done under the law, it was only an image of the good thing which was to come. He never was pleased in off burnt offerings and sacrifice. He only did that because um, Adam, when Adam transgressed, God removed him from the garden. Now when he removed him, Adam is in a flesh, in a sin nature. So until Jesus comes, we are in a sin nature. That's why David said, in sin, my mother conceived me. I was born in sin. Shaping in iniquity. Okay, so now where's the next place we go? Now remember, God said Genesis 3 15 that there's a battle, there's a war going on, all right, between the flesh and the spirit, between the flesh and the spirit. So then we see now David, before David, Saul becomes king. Here's why Saul could not become king. Based on the promise that was given in Genesis 49 and 10, Saul could never be the king because the Bible said the scepter would not depart from Judah. Saul was a Benjamite. So God had to remove Saul. Yet God set up the order of the kingdom. It had to be first flesh, then spirit. So first natural, then the spirit. So then Saul had to be removed because J David would come from the tribe of Judah. And if you read Revelation, the fifth chapter, the Bible says that um, Jesus Christ was the offspring of David according to the will of the flesh. So I don't care how many women David slept with, the only reason that happened, because David was called by prophetic or, or, or anointing by God, whereby hell went on in David's life. So you must understand, it had nothing to do with David. This is God's plan of redemption. And this was what most churches don't teach. They don't teach the doctrine of redemption. That's what it's about, child of God. It's not about nothing else. It's about the doc doctrine of redemption. I'm almost done. So then look at this now. So David goes through everything that he goes through. And as David is going through these things, David gets in a place in a position to David remembers the call given by Nathan in, in, in 2 Samuel chapter 7. To where Nathan goes to David because he gets direction from God. And Nathan tells David that your throne would be forever. Hold on. Here's a man who has committed adultery. Here's a man who has blood on his hands and God tells him to prophet, tell him his throne would be forever. Why? Because Jesus Christ could not come and sit on an unoccupied throne based on the revelations given in Revelation 22, 1 through 5. So the Bible says there that on the throne was God and on his right hand side was the lamb and also there were the servants. So child of God, you and I are servants according to the spirit and not according to the will of the flesh. So God wants us to live with him in paradise that Adam forfeited. What am I saying, Bishop? Adam tilled the ground. He was given dominion and power over the earth. Well, when we get in the new Jerusalem, when we get in the new Garden of Eden, the same Garden of Eden, the Bible says that in the midst of the river, there are trees on both sides for the healing of the nation. One tree represented everything that was done in the old covenant. The next tree represented everything that was done under grace. Hear me again, child of God. The Bible is not that difficult, but you have to make sure that you study and what you're not being told is the truth 
of the word of God. The reason I shout on Sunday, because I understand redemption and that once again, I'm going to live and I'm going to sit in the new paradise, the new kingdom of God. See, the reason focus out now, because somebody told you, you're going to get a million dollars. Bump that. That ain't going to last forever. The reason people shout now, because they just prophesied in your life, you're going to get a new car. Bump that. That don't last forever. Somebody just told you, well, you're about to go on a trip. God is about to take you in a distant land. Bump that. That don't last forever. But what it has to do with, child of God, is redemption. When you know that you have been born again according to the will of God, and that God has predestined a place for you in your life, and that you're going to live eternally forever with him, you're coming to the faith, and you're coming to the realization. So on Sunday, well, I'm almost done. On Sunday, what you will do, you begin not just jumping south, you begin to ask everyone is Jesus Christ your Lord wait a minute what do you mean he died for the entire world but he's not everyone's Lord Lord means rulership or authority over have you given him authority over your life that's the purpose of his death so let me get back to this now catch this part out this gonna trip you out so in Psalms 51 right we've all read I'm almost done we've all read the story of David right but in the Old Testament the priest offered atonement for sin and it can only be one done one time a year that's why in the new testament it gives us an example because there's a man who sits at the pool of Bethesda, and if you know anything about typology the bible said that the angel only came down and troubled the water one time a year and when there was a move of the water then those who were sick or who, who were in, in in desperate need would get in the water but check this out this man here said every time he went to step in, someone stepped in before him. But then Jesus comes up and Jesus said, listen, you don't need that. Ah, but the, what you need is what I have. So you got to understand. So then David is able to go in Psalms 51 and repent under grace. Let me let that marinate for a minute. The reason.